Hello, and welcome to another installment of Just Weebs. I'm Onimaru, your host this week and most weeks, and I'm joined today by Shocking. Hey, guys. And today we're actually going to be talking about KyoAni uh, or Kyoto Animation and our favorite works from them in order to honor them because this month is considered um, KyoAni month because of the tragedy that happened, uh, took place uh, two years ago. Uh, if you want to talk a little bit more about it, Shaw. Yeah, um, it's really sad to talk about. So I don't want to stay on it too much, but I do think it's worth, you know, remembering why it's Kyo Kyoani month and um, just kind of bringing everything into perspective. But unfortunately, two years ago, there was the arson incident at Kyoto Animation's main studio and many lost their lives, some of which um, have, well, all of which have worked on some of our favorites. And we lost a lot of really talented, fantastic artists. And, you know, I still think about them a lot. I still think about them every time I watch a Kyoto animation show. When I think back to some of my favorite memories of, you know, witnessing and appreciating this medium. And um, I think it's great to kind of carry on their memory by talking about the fantastic art they poured all their time into. Um, obviously, there's a lot of love put into everything they've created. And I think uh, Kyoto Animation is a very unique studio, not only for their humane work conditions, not only for being the yeah. absolute best at what they do, but the type of shows that they, sh shows and movies, the properties they work on, really focus on highlighting the different aspects of life that really touch us in different ways that we can't really get in other mediums per se. You know, they highlight the highs and lows of life, sometimes the mundane parts of life, and they make that beautiful and exciting. So they really do focus on trying to bring, you know, beauty and love to their work. And I think there's a lot to celebrate there. Yeah, I think that's actually very well said, Shaw, because, um, you know, no one can really say that Kyoto Animation ha doesn't have like the most visually stunning animation mm -hmm. in the game. They kind of are one of the most top tier studio in terms of their animation, but also in terms of their focus, you know, kind of what they do with animation really like elevates the medium because it's not so much about like you know plot twists or like the story or the whole narrative it's more about again like Shaw said those little moments and how to express that and how to capture that um in animation so and also and also I, don't, I want to preface this by saying like we're probably not the most qualified or like the most well-versed uh with the studio itself like like we love like some of their works, but at least mm -hmm. for me personally, like I just don't know like too much about like, like I wouldn't be able to tell you about the staff that worked on this or did that. Mm -hmm. So that's why we just yeah. chose to like, just focus on like specifically the shows that resonated with us that we watched um, and like talk about like, you know, how we first became like acquainted with Kyoto animation. Like um, for me, my first uh, Kyoto animation show before I, I knew it was Kyoto animation was air that was airing mm -hmm. back in, 2005 2004 wow. uh and i was like a young very young lad and that show like broke me <laughs> it depressed me for like two days yeah uh and then after that was like i don't know the only other kyoto animation show was uh suzumi haruhi uh i watched that while i was airing and that kind of shaped you know uh my my high school years yeah. and then uh that's kind of it. I, I didn't really know it was Kyoto Animation, I think, till like like this is Kyoto Animation. This is what they're known for until mm -hmm. I think beyond the boundary. I mm -hmm. think till then, I think that's when I kind of like started to kind of be aware of the studio uh, as yeah. the studio. Yeah, um, I think 
I was in kind of a similar boat of, I think I watched, I'm trying to think back because it's been a bit. I think um, The Melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya was my first Kyoto Animation Works. But I think in the similar boat, um, Beyond the Boundary was the first series I went into knowing this is Kyoto Animation. Um, and I yeah. think that's kind of fitting because t- at least to me, Beyond the Boundary is kind of like entry level slice of life. That's what I think about it. Oh, okay. back Because there's a lot of... Um, there is generally like the slice of life overtone to it, but I think there's also enough action sequences that you could say like you could kind of sell it to someone who had predominantly just seen action series and say like, hey, look, it's like got this uh, romance drama, but it's also a lot of action sequences that are cool. So it's kind of like getting you into the Kyoto animation style. It, it has it all because it even has that, I think, episode seven, that one sequence <laughs> where they're like uh, idols. Yeah, idols. That's like one of the everyone's like favorite filler episode is when they have to become an idol group to like defeat that demon or whatever. It was pretty cool, but like very out of place, like because it just yeah. didn't like it didn't jive with everything else that was going on. But it was still cool. Nonetheless, it was welcome. I would I would welcome it. Um, yeah, it was yeah. like I, I guess I should just say completely unexpected. Um, it was very unexpected, but yeah. really well done. Uh, uh-huh. But yeah, no, I liked uh, Beyond Boundary uh, when it aired. Um I think I saw someone in the chat mention Full Metal Panic Fumofu was one of their mm-hmm. first works, I, which I did watch. Uh, mm-hmm. But I don't know if I watched it when it first aired. I, I watched it at some point and I actually really enjoyed the uh, the comedy in that one because I had watched uh, the original Full Metal Panic uh, and I was always kind of like, eh, like on it. Like it had an interesting concept, but I just didn't really like enjoy how it was executed. And then mm-hmm. Fumofu was just, okay, let's take the characters and take this completely serious concept and throw it out the window and just make it a super lighthearted, like, uh, kind of absurd comedy. And it was actually really, really good. Yeah. Um, I've heard similar things that the original Full Metal Panic is, like, kind of whatever, but then Fumofu is actually, like, brilliant because it just highlights all the, like, hilarious aspects of it. And yeah. I think that's like a brilliant idea just in general. I haven't seen it yet, um, but I will get to it eventually. But I think that's just like a brilliant idea. I love the idea of taking like, you know, you have this serious series and then you're like, okay, let's just do like the absurd comedy version of it. Um, I think that's just like a fantastic formula to do. So I think that sounds awesome. Yeah, no, I think they uh, absolutely nailed it. It's super, super funny. Even to just watch a standalone because it's like mm-hmm. not a there's not a lot that you kind of missed kind of jumping into Fumofu, just kind of knowing who the characters are. And some of the funniest mm-hmm. aspects was in the original was like kind of the setup of, you know, who the characters were. But you didn't get to explore that because it was too much on focused on the mechs and kind of everything else going on. So mm-hmm. um, so Fumofu was really good. And then it went back to seriousness and uh the second raid, which was the third series, but that was actually uh, also really, really good. So, actually, way better than the first series, though. Uh, oh, they did, they, 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 they did good. Um, Full Metal Panic is like probably the Kyoto Animation series I know of the least. Did they did they do the original or no, did they like they take it not. off? I think so they, they just like they yeah. just took the original. And they're like, okay, watch us spit. We gotta now. prove and ourselves. Then, yeah, they just like killed it because it you- doesn't look like Kyoto Animation style per se. Um. You- yeah. Just I mean, from making the mosaic for our thumbnail, I was like, this one stands out the most because it does not look like Kyoto Animation. I think, uh, you know, it was probably because it was adapting, you know, from mm-hmm. already like someone that had already done uh, the first a- anime. So they kind of wanted to keep it similar or maybe they hadn't figured out their signature style yet. I don't know. Um, 
Klaus Falk mentioned Gonzo did the original. Oh, there you um, go, Gonzo. I was trying to look Gonzo. that up. Um, that's cool to hear. Yeah, that was Gonzo. Um, yeah. Yeah, so those are the first, like, sort of KyoAni shows I was exposed to. Um, and then I did... Uh, I did pick up free in uh, 2013 when it was airing. That was fun. Splash free. I haven't seen it. Air- I didn't see it airing. So I could only imagine what free was like airing because I feel like you have uh, like the reputation of free. And then there's like the after effect reputation of free where you just see like everything gift on Tumblr. And yeah. now you have like free as like a anime that existed, but isn't discussed as much. But I could only imagine how people were talking about it when it first came out, because I don't think there were many like big mainstream anime that were very like obviously aimed towards like women that were a bit more. uh, How should I put it? Like, um, I don't know, like showcasing male (laughs) male fan service. I'll put it that way. Could not think of a better way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, like free i started watching it actually as a joke so it was like summer yes, 2013 you watch it ironically yes. yeah and me and my guy friends were just like hey let's watch free and i think like again we just started as a joke and we only meant to like watch an episode or two but we just sort of stuck with it for the rest of the season and we're like hey it's not that bad that's cool that's cool to hear it's like hey wait a minute it's like this hey actually- i'm sort of invested it's like are you still watching free <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great to hear. I mean, I don't know what it would be like to watch it back then, because even before like watching anime, I was still aware of Free's existence. And I still remember the um, when I was on Tumblr, they had the gif of like Rin in Eternal Summer when he's in the cop uniform doing that, like the body mo- gyra- <laughs> What is it? It's like the stripper like gyration kind of thing. Yeah, I remember that was like a meme and then yeah. that would be copied for like every other series. So I remember that. And then like, let's say five years later when I'm actually watching free, I'm like, I know that I'm like the <laughs> Leo gif. I'm like, I know that. <laughs> so yeah. that yeah. was kind of funny to see. We, we yeah. kept making fun of it, uh, like the whole ending, like we would sing it and dance along to it. And then it just kind of became like, OK, we're not doing it ironically anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's fitting because even I was when I watched the first season of Free, I was like, this is kind of like a bit like the tone was just a bit much for me. Like it was very it was very kind of campy, but like fun campy. It was just kind of like it had it was just a bit extreme. And then I really loved the second season as like a coming of age story. And the third season is still good, but I think they increased the cast a bit too much. But I think you can just like always tell the tone of Free based on the endings, which are some of the best endings like in the game. The endings are just so ridiculous and funny, but entertaining. Like I have so many favorite parts of each ending that I just like rewatch and start laughing at every time. Yeah. Yeah. No, the endings are pretty on point. Uh, second season was <laughs> was good. It was probably the best season. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I enjoyed the third, the third season, but I can see the the problems and it, it, it did get really it did get as intense as the first season, actually, probably yeah. even more so. More. And the pro- yeah, my only beef was that I'm like, they're in college now. You can't be replicating middle school, high school drama in college. That was my only beef. But, you know, yeah. it was still good. Like, no disrespect. And the water looks like fantastic. And I think some of the um, some of the character drama moments were like really impactful, both from like a slice of life coming of age standpoint and also from a sports anime standpoint. So, yeah, you know, I mean, so I enjoyed it. I even found like recently I was kind of looking back at some videos I did. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I didn't remember that I had a uh, pitched free in in one of my videos. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. I actually have it here if you want to see it. <laughs> if you want to see my my pitch for people to watch free. 
Yeah, what is it? All right, well, here we go. <laughs> hey, have you checked out Free? I hear it's back this season and it's better than ever. Mm, I don't know. I don't think that seems like my type of show. You know, I thought that too. But once you learn to look past <laughs> the man service, you'll see that it explores deep philosophical issues that add meaning to our lives. I'll pass. Bro. <laughs> Why is your shirt off? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God for the existence of this. Yay. I was like, oh, free. yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Oh my I mean, God. it's true, though. Once you get past <laughs> the man service. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Uh, that's so funny. Oh, my God. Um, uh, all right. And then uh, this what's what's next? Uh, we, will go, we can go back to more of these, by the way. This is like a nice rundown of like when we watched it. And we're like, yeah, so this was pretty good. But I'm glad that we talked about this just for the existence of that video. I can just see you like, recording that. I was like, um, this this didn't get enough views, so let me uh, let me just chill a little bit here. That no, that was deserved. Um, yeah, free is just like a fun experience. I would definitely recommend it. Even as you said, even if you didn't think you'd be into it, I think it's worth checking out. Um, I think it definitely puts people off, but once they check it out, they're like, oh, this is, you know, oh, this is actually pretty good. That's, it's one of those, hey, this is actually pretty good jokes. Yeah, this is like actually not that bad. And like, I, I did it just at first as a joke and also to slightly spite my fiance because she was like watching it. And then it's like, so you're enjoying free, huh? Yeah. <laughs> she wins again. Yeah. She never does. <laughs> she always wins. I love it. Who oh, is her God. favorite and your favorite? Yeah. Um, wait, what was that? Who is her favorite and oh, your favorite? Oh, right? uh, my favorite's Rin and her favorite's Haru. So it's like Haru is like the wild card where like I didn't th anticipate liking him as much as I did, and then I did really like him. Um, and then I was always a Makoto and then Sasuke fan. Wait, but everyone Sasuke, Sosuke. Oh, Sosuke. I was like thinking Sosuke. Like, There's an Sasuke from Naruto. <laughs> I do. Yeah, can you imagine? So I yeah. So, so yeah, Sasuke is my favorite. Free. No, Sosuke was my favorite by like season two, season three time. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, I was a Makoto fan, but I've gotten into so many funny, like, funny, like, I guess best guy wars with my friends, like when they like Rin. And then in the first season, he's kind of a dick to everyone. And we're like, bro, like, let's get, this is like a bit edgy. And my one friend was like, knew that he was going to be a Rin fan. And he's like, I know he sucks right now, but I'm waiting for when it gets good. And I'm like, well, I'm sure it'll happen. And he you does. Know, so. Rin, he's just misunderstood. You know, he's a little intense in the first yeah. season. It's the shark teeth, but you know, the shark teeth. He's, he can be a dick, but he's our dick. <laughs> um, and I, ha I would be remiss without mentioning fifty percent off the abridged series for free. Um, it's real. It's probably my favorite abridged series. It's really funny. You can tell actually, from the name calling it free to go into fifty percent off. It's like, <laughs> like I actually haven't checked it out. It's really funny. I would recommend it to everyone. Even if you haven't seen Free, just check it out. It's really yeah, funny. I'll definitely um, check it out. Definitely worth watching, especially if you have seen Free. I call it the um, I call it the disappearance. You know what disappearance is to melancholy of horror? He yeah. I call it fifty percent the disappearance to Free. Like you watch Free to really? get to yeah. really. That's a good. That's a good I, sell. I try. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'm sell overselling it, underselling it, or just selling it. But I think it's definitely worth checking out. All right, so, yeah. I mean, like, I didn't, I didn't think a parody would uh, elevate the source material I'm that much. I'm telling you, I'm. T I it doesn't make sense until you see. It kind of sounds like the Full Metal pa Panic Fomofu situation. Wow. Okay. It kind of is like in that vein, but um, you'll I have to let me know by checking it out. I'll check it out. We'll do a whole 
pod reviewing it. <laughs> um, you, yeah, we could actually. That would be so funny. I would die. Yeah. Okay, if we do that, we will wrap the ending because they do a parody of the first ending, okay. and we will recreate that. That's it. <laughs> Let's go. We got to do it. Yeah. I mean, we'll fail at it, but at least I will. We're gonna do it. No, do you it. already Just you already been making skit videos on free. We're already ahead of the game. There you go. You've done the homework. Yeah, I'm, I'm prepared. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, so watch free, but um, let's see. What's, what should be next on our list? Should we talk about more, or should we read some of the tweets we got? Jesus, hair. I think we, uh, we could uh, – let's let's read some of the tweets we got. Um, mm-hmm. Or actually, let's – because I'm, I'm thinking, like, what else we would kind of touch on. Like, a big one is sound euphonium, but I don't know if you want to get to that yet. So if I you feel like just... that's the big fish to fry. I wasn't sure if we should do Haruhi first since we did mention that Yeah, already. actually, let's talk about Haruhi because I feel yeah. like – we're at different ends with how we feel about um, well maybe not i don't know how did you I, th- I think you didn't like the first season of haruhi too much um no so i'm like i appreciate the concept of haruhi um i think it's a unique concept and i want to for like preface by recognizing that it's like possibly the most influential anime of the 2000s especially for uh light novel adaptations it was an absolute phenomenon and mm-hmm. if i'm looking at a series to recommend to people like if i'm looking at the medium as an overall thing i'm 100 percent recommending that so people get a sense of like the foundation of the current industry and you know just industry and uh community as a whole like it's was a groundbreaking series but i definitely didn't enjoy it as much as some of the other series i'd seen in like a similar setting but um full recognition that it paved the way for other series to come. So like groundbreaking, not taking that away. Um, and I think the concept is interesting. I just didn't really enjoy the concept as much as other people, but um, I think it also is cool to lead to disappearance, which is one of the best anime films ever made. So I don't, I hate to be in that position of like not singing the praises of all of it, but yeah. I do want to recognize that it's very much worthwhile. Just definitely not for me as much as it is for many other people. Did you watch it in order, in chronological order? I think, I think I did chronological order. Okay. I wasn't even aware of the like broadcast versus chronological order. So yeah, like, because I only watched it in broadcast order because that's when it was airing, okay. and it was the most <laughs> confusing. That's very, week yeah, that's to probably week very confusing ever. But that one episode when they finally got to the episode where they're uh, you know doing God knows and the whole like yeah. concert thing at the end that was just amazing like oh, having yeah. watched it for the first time I was like whoa this is really good it still holds up today like you can yeah. watch that and you're like they really went hard with this it's amazing it yeah. feels like a magical moment brought to life um, yeah but like piecing everything together was like a little confusing but it was mm-hmm. it was good I think it was just sort of to be able to share with that in the community at the time and kind of everyone. Yeah. In the, in the small anime community at the time was like watching it. So that was kind of cool. Like people really loved uh, the opening, really loved the dance and everyone was just dancing. How to how to you Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but I definitely enjoyed uh, the first season. I never finished the second season. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> and then I yeah. just skipped a disappearance, which uh, I watched once. But I, I remember it was like a different tier. Yeah, like, definitely. I think. Just like 50% off and free. You watched Harry, Melancholy of Harry to get to Disappearance. I can't believe I made that comparison and that's just going to be the new, that's just going to be the new thing. But yeah. That's, um, that's a new thing. Disappearance is like definitely another tier. I think it's just a fantastic movie kind of on its own. Like 
no matter how you feel about the original series, like it's pretty much just great on its own. I definitely appreciate it a lot more in recent times, looking back on how much, how it has influenced so many films that have come later on and have not really pulled, pulled off the tropes and storytelling as well, let alone the like direction and animation. That's just absolutely next tier in that film. Um, I really got to rewatch it. It's been a yeah. long time. Cause I do not remember any of the plot, but it's really telling when the, the best part of a franchise is when the main character is nowhere to be seen for the whole, the whole movie. <laughs> but yeah, I, my favorite is um, like my best friend Tay. They have like this complex with titles where they like somehow they, they either take the titles too literally, sorry, microphone, too literally or not literally enough. So they were like surprised when Haruhi disappeared in the disappearance of Haruhi. And I was like, I don't think that's much of a spoiler to know that they disappear, but um, that's why I think, it was called that, guys. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it means. But that's still one of my favorite. Um, it's one of my favorite things. And then I think it's just really telling that um, even though I wouldn't consider the disappearance film like a personal all time favorite, I think uh, Kyung's choice scene is just like one of the best of all time. And I kind of love that you can have certain favorite aspects of series where you're like this just represents the highlight of the medium even in stuff that aren't necessarily your favorites or like your top ones. Yeah. And I always think back to Count's Choice is just like absolute perfection, presentation, thematic, uh, culmination of his character arc, just like everything. Like that's just such a perfect scene. So um, yeah, I mean, if you want to see the one of the highlights of the medium, go check it out. Like I'm sure most people who have, are watching this have seen it, but like it came back in 2010. That's, a while that's 11 years from now so there's a chance that people haven't seen it and i think they should definitely go do the legwork to watch it i was always tempted to go and read the light novels because i know mm -hmm. now they're finished and you know oh, to kind of get the full story yeah they are did he come out with like the last one or something i think so i think like a year or two back okay i wasn't sure yeah because i don't think it's ever going to get another sequel adaptation so i was like all right i kind of want to see where this story ends and i think i tried once reading one of them but i just I couldn't so yeah yeah it just wasn't the same as like watching it animated but um now is it bad that like, i really don't remember what kyan's choice was but i guess it's like a big spoiler if you told me right so you could probably tell uh, me later <laughs> yeah i mean it's like yeah i guess i guess so yeah i mean I i'm just gonna take your word for it <laughs> i mean i think the plot of the movie is very straightforward so to speak like it's a pretty bare bones plot but it's executed really well um so, I mean, I would say, like, if you remember the plot, you kind of remember his choice. But, you know, it all right, I'll just I'll uh, yeah. I'll look at a synopsis. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the, it's it's really like Listen, it's it can't the, be it can't be as big of a spoiler as Haruhi disappearing. You know, yeah, for the nothing movie. tops that. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just like another great example of how, like, if you write it down on paper, it seems kind of mundane and not very impressive. But the way it's presented is so, like, bombastic and impressive and like emotionally engaging yeah. and that's kind of like the kyoto animation special sauce like they tackle some things that on paper might seem mundane or not very impressive and they elevate it to such a way that you kind of get the same emotional experience in fiction as you would experiencing it in real life you know because yeah. we have a lot of mundane experiences in our own lives that might not seem that impressive if you just describe them but the way when we live and experience them they feel you know life-changing yeah i mean i think a good a good example of that is, you know, a silent voice. 
Yeah, that, that one. That one has. I was gonna. But, if I'm going mundane, that life changing, I'd probably go like K on or something. I mean, yeah. Asylum I, Voice is a bit more like on paper. That's like actually sounds bad. To, like they do good with both, but Asylum Voice <laughs> has some things where you're like, no, this is some big shit. I, I know it is some big shit, but <laughs> yeah. I, I escalated too quick. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could go with K on. So actually, speaking of K on, uh, I had never watched K on at all. Like since it came out, never touched mm-hmm. it. I don't know why. I think I just either missed that season and I just never got around to it and I wasn't interested until this week. And um, I finished season one. Nice. Uh, unfortunately, I started season two, but I couldn't uh, couldn't finish it. So I'm still really the the breath of my K-On experience is just season one. But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. It was good. Um, That's cool. Did you have fun? You had a lot of fun with it or? Yeah, no, it was cool. Like it was hard to binge because, you know, mm-hmm. like not a lot happens in the show. But like I think the 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 value or what was good about the show is those little moments of the the girls and the characters spending uh, time together. And it really puts a lot of emphasis on that. Uh, like, you know, cause like they're being constantly told like, Oh, we got to practice. We should practice, but <laughs> they don't want to practice they <laughs> they don't cake practice. and drink tea. But then it kind of shows that why that's, it's more important that they're taking their time and kind of spending time with each other mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, I don't know, spending all their time trying to reach an end goal when uh, the point is that they're kind of making memories and uh, enjoying their time together. And that actually helps them, uh, you know, uh, play better. Yeah. I don't know Um, how realistic that is, but (laughs) (laughs) but for the story, it works really well. Yeah. um, One of my favorite episodes of all time is uh, the performance episode they have um, where, you know, Yui is supposed to be the singer for their performance at the school festival and she comes down with laryngitis because she was practicing all night so she can she's like croaking like the whole time like she's just croaking and can't sing anything so then it falls to mio to perform and yui sings background voice vocals and the way they started the performance it actually is like surprisingly legit sounding and it almost looks like a music video and you're kind of like transported to this like fantastical music video setting of them like driving and being badasses and being in a band kind of yeah and mio is singing perfectly her voice actors has an amazing voice and it sounds just like this really professional sounding um end product and then you hear yui croaking in the background ruining it completely like she did not need to sing any background voices because she can't sing because she's just croaking the whole time (laughs) and i'm like yeah, this is Kon. They can't let it sound too good because there's just a band in high school having fun at their cultural festival. So no matter how good they sound, they're still just like an amateur band in high school having fun with their friends. But yeah. I remember watching that and I was like vibing to the song, Fafa Time, absolute yeah. banger. And it's just like you in the background being like, like every time there's a, like, it's so bad, but so funny. And I love it. Yui is so uh, precious, but useless, but precious, <laughs> adorable. Like, I don't think I've ever, I think at the time I was like, yo, this is me. This is me. <laughs> this is me. And she's definitely like hit or miss for some people because some people don't, they can't truly really appreciate slacking off and having a good time as much as I can. But I can truly appreciate slacking off and just vibing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I kind of resonated with Yui a bit. So that's yeah. why I, I give her a you pass. Know, yeah, she a is our pers- she is our personality type. I mean, like the point where she was like kind of playing her guitar to herself and like, uh, I don't know. They were just saying like, I think they figured out that she, um, I think 
Azusa figured out that she doesn't really know the notes or doesn't know <laughs> kind of anything, but she's good for some reason. Yeah. And she's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm just sort of fucking around with this thing. And then the, and it just comes to her. Yeah, and like yeah. most of the time she's just slacking off. But then when she gets like focused, she's really focused. So I don't know. It reminded me of like my own process. I'm like, huh, maybe I just yeah. need to chill out more. <laughs> and then I remember, the thing will come to me. I remember in bands, like it was a big thing where you're supposed to kind of like count while playing. And when I was in band, I would just kind of like listen to everyone else playing and I would know when to come in then. And like after hearing someone else play my part, I could kind of replicate the rhythm of it. Yeah. And that kind of reminded me of like Yui's process where she's just like, nah, I just like, I just, you know, I know the notes and then I play it because guitar, her na the name for her guitar is guitar. <laughs> and then yeah. she's like, yeah, we just have fun with it. And I was like, oh, that's just like me. Like neither of us should have been doing it like that, but we're just having a good time and it's worth it in the end. Yeah, because sometimes you can like overthink the crap out of something and sometimes mm -hmm. maybe your process is more of just vibing <laughs> and then you kind of just pick up on it instead of having yeah. to like, I don't know. It made me appreciate like the value of uh, one slowing down and two kind of just hanging out with your friends and just sort of just enjoying time with them. So, yeah, um, I, I think most people tend to like season two the most K on two explanation points, not one. Yeah. Um, so hopefully you're in for some more enjoyable content. Um, I think most people would agree that the like heights of this series happened during season two. So yeah, like I, I really wanted to finish it. <laughs> you know, no. I really wanted to get through it, but then I was like, I'm not going to make it in time. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe this is better if I kind of watch it at my own pace. So yeah, I'm excited for those highs. Um, it, but season one is your favorite, right? I kind of, yeah, but like I'm weird for, I weirdly enjoy the, comedic aspects of K-On to the dramatic aspects, but not like, I don't think the dramatic or serious moments are bad. I just love it for the comedic aspects more. No, I, I do think those are uh, its best moments. Like there are some moments in the first season uh, that had me like really laughing. So yeah. Yeah. I appreciate K-On as like, you know, a lot of people say I can't watch it because they don't do anything. And I'm like, don't think of it as like, they're not doing anything. Think of your favorite sitcom. You know, yeah. it's kind of like a sitcom and I th appreciate it in those kind of vibes of like, oh, it's a sitcom where like each episode is like kind of related to the other, but they're just having fun doing stuff and you're enjoying the character interactions and, you know. Yeah. I mean, like I always prioritize shows with like plot and like mm -hmm. stuff that kind of like constant twists and things kind of happening that would keep me hooked on it till the end, because those are also really easy to binge, like, you know, with Western TV, Breaking mm -hmm. Bad, with. Yeah with uh anime attack on titan season three that's like the most you know gripping one i remember uh mm -hmm. season three part two yeah that had me on the edge of my seat so like a show like kaon would never like really appeal to me like because like i like mm -hmm. slice of life but what makes it hard is when it's hard to binge it's like okay you know i feel like i'm i like they're, i'm wasting my time because they're not doing anything but when i was watching kaon i didn't feel that way like yeah it was hard to binge at some points but it was yeah. enjoyable because i felt like again everything they're doing is sort of building their, they're getting to know each other. It's building their mm -hmm. dynamic together as a group and sort of, I don't know. It, it's all like valuable for what the, the show is trying to say, which at the end comes together really well at the end of season one with, um, with uh, Yui kind of like racing back to the, the concert hall and kind of realizing like, uh, you know, what, how she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life and what she would do. And now kind of like everything sort of came together. So Mm -hmm. And it was just like the value is just kind of uh, doing what she likes and spending time with her friends and, you know, giving her giving it her all. So, yeah. yeah. Vibing with the fam. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
So that's all I have to say about Kaon because I, I, I still have the season two to watch and the movie. But um, did you want to uh, touch well, on first, those tweets? Who is your favorite Kaon? And then uh, we can touch on the t- tweets. Uh, let's see. I think I'm just going to say Yui. Yes. Win. <laughs> Win. I mean, yes. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to be Mio going mm-hmm. in, but now it ended up being Yui because like, like Mio looks cool, but she's just a scaredy cat. So, which is funny. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny, but I don't know. I just got more of more laughs out of watching Yui do. I, I actually I really think- enjoy her dynamic with her little sister, Ui. Yeah, that's really sweet. I it's love It's very that. adorable. It's that, very uh, cute that she finds everything she does, all of her laziness endearing. Like she's just yeah. rolling around the house, just doing nothing, <laughs> asking for ice cream. It's like, she's so cute, isn't she? She's warm and sweet, right? <laughs> and everyone's like, uh, make her do things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah. you know, she also sees all the good points in her, which is like uh, when she gets really focused on something, she'll go mm-hmm. like out of her way and stuff like that. So I'm like, I can yeah. relate to that. <laughs> uh, I feel that. I think it's a good message. Um. So we have some comments from people uh, I saw in chat. I cannot ignore this. Um, it looks like Jack under the scope, friend of the show, does not like Yui, which means he doesn't like me. And I will take that personally. So that makes me sad. Um, thoughts and prayers. Does, does that mean so if he doesn't like Yui, is he is he a friend of the show? I don't know. We'll find <laughs> out. We'll find out if Jack is able to overcome that. We need, we need him to come on special guests, just an episode where we, you know, just clear the air. So we're going to both dress up as Yui and be like, how does this make you feel? Yeah, how does this make <laughs> you feel? Yeah. Um, but speaking of uh, K-On and other thoughts on K-On, so we asked before when we sent out a tweet saying like, hey, we're talking about Kyoto Animation Works. Um, we asked some people, as in you, we asked everyone, follow us on Twitter if you don't already, at Just Weeps Pod. Um, we asked you guys what Kyoto Animation Works, you know, made a huge impact on your lives. And some of the comments we got were relating to K-On, which I love to see. Um, Tay said, K-On made me a better person and more appreciative of the time I get to spend with friends and people and sincerely enjoy doing fun things, which is, you know, kind of a kind of a playoff on um, fun things are fun, possibly the most, you know, iconic quote from the series, which yeah. We love to see. And then we have another comment from K-On from Mr. Subject saying, K-On helped teach me to enjoy the little things in life and look back at my high school experiences with a much more positive light. Taught me that it was okay to slow down and enjoy the fun parts of life, that life was more than just finding a career path and making money. And I agree. K-On is fun. Life is more about than just making money. It's about podcasting about K-On. That's what it means in life. You get so. it. That's it. Yeah, no, it's a very relaxing show to watch in that sense. I did hear it's like uh, considered an Iyashike, so it's like supposed to have that healing aspect. I heard that too, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I buy into that as much. But yeah, I'm like, not, I don't know if it's completely. I, I think it has yeah. those elements. But. Yeah, I think it could work. I mean, yeah. it's not probably. I probably wouldn't categorize it, but if other people did, I wouldn't like blame them for that. And I don't mean that in like a. You know, I don't mean that positively or negatively towards Iyashike or Kaon. I just think of it in more of like my own mental, you know, categorization system. Yeah, like I, I happened to see it and I was like, I squinted and I'm like, is it? I don't know. Maybe I'm like, I think like as a secondary effect, I think, you know, kind of the relaxed vibe of it could make you mm-hmm. feel like, OK, you know, but I don't think it's out to do that. Like uh, Tay said in the chat, it's more comedy than yeah. Iyashike. So that's how I feel like Iyashike to me. I think of like 
Eurocamp, Aria. Yeah. You know, those are what I think of with the Yashike, and I think of K-On as comedy. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's just my, just our vibes. After all, yeah. we're just weebs. That's just how we feel. So what, so. what, what, um, what KyoAni work uh, do you feel the most strongly about? Me? Yeah, you. It's such a question. Okay, so my big three, I like saying my big three for Kyoto Animation, even though I, I might as well have a big five. That's kind of bad. But I'm going to say top three, as in these are the show, these are the Kyoto animation works that appear in my like favorites, favorite yeah. favorites. Um, so third would be um, Clonad Asylum, uh, After Story, Clonad After Story. I don't know why I was mixing those up. Uh, K-On! And then Asylum Voice. Okay. I, yeah. I can't talk about Clonad because still haven't watched it. Was going yep. to, but <laughs> I couldn't do I told, two yeah, he had. Yeah, I felt bad because Onimaru, I was like, oh, these are my favorite Kyoto animation works. And I think you had seen like Asylum Voice and the others were all like long series. And I was like, OK, I feel bad. You don't have to watch all of these to talk about these. But at least I got to K-On. Um, yeah. Yeah. I haven't the big three? experienced uh, Tamako Market or after. No. Yeah. Love Story. So, love Story. Sorry. Yeah. No, but Very you just said thing. after story for Clannad. Yeah, we okay. get one of my favorite Reddit confused. posts of all time is someone was like, is there a clan ad before story? <laughs> I was like, also, I, I do have to uh, say uh, I'm committing blasphemy here to replay value in the chat. I have not watched Hyoka. You know, I've Hyoka heard great go. things. Hyoka, so you did kind of um, inadvertently mention my big five, the other two rounding out the, uh, the big five Kyoto animation works for me besides a silent voice, K on clan ad after story. Um, Gosso got Hyoka and we have, Tamako love story. Those are my big five. So mm. those are those are my ride or die Kyoto animation works. Okay. All right. I think I need to I need to get on those. <laughs> um, and it's really cool to say that they despite, you know, despite all having somewhat similar, um, like rounded subject matters, they're all very different works from each other. Like very like very different in very cool ways. And I love to say that because a lot of people I think are under the misconception that you know, high school slice of life, or at least Kyoto animation slice of life is all kind of like, it either looks the same, which is not really true. And then, you know, you know, they kind of think it's similar. And all of them take very different approaches to their subject matter, which make them, you know, refreshing experiences every time you start a new series. Yeah, because Hyoka's like a mystery, right? It's yeah. more of a mystery. It's like grounded, yeah, it's cool. It's like grounded mysteries of like, more like everyday mysteries. Like, how did we get locked in this room? You know, how did this happen? Or like small things of like, how, you know, how did this occur? That, But it's not like, you know, people dying. It's just like small incidents happening, which has uh, some of like my favorite visuals from Kyoto Animation in general, like period. Some of the best like symbolic imagery, just like absolutely fantastic approach. Um, it has a very muted color palette too. Hmm. It's like very cool, very kind of different from a lot of other series. I would highly recommend it to anyone. Um, I don't know. I just think, I think Hyoka could also be like, if you're not a fan of like K-On, so to speak, if you're not like a K-On type of fan, Hyoka yeah. would be like my answer to like, check that out. Cause it's very different from K-On. But if you yeah. like both, you might like both too. It's just very different approaches. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm interested in checking it out. Always meant to uh, get around to it, but it's cool that Kyoni has like sort of different, like you said, different takes on uh slice of life capturing yeah. different aspects um now how did you feel because it wasn't in your top five uh violet evergarden 
Um, I really like Violet Evergarden, but it didn't really click with me as much as the other ones I mentioned. Um, possibly not of any fault of its own. I watched it airing, which generally does not make something a favorite of mine. It's like I generally enjoy binging something to watching it weekly. Yeah. But um, nevertheless, I think Violet Evergarden is a very beautiful show, possibly the best technical TV animation. Yeah, period. I think on a technical level, it's like the most beautiful. Uh, yeah. One of the awesome. most beautiful Keanu shows. Yeah. And I do have to appreciate that it tackles um, a setting outside of high school, which I don't like. I'm not saying like it's better because it's not high school, but it is a bit different. But it is a, a very unique setting, you know, for it's a unique setting. So that's pretty works. cool. And I think that even if um, even if I wouldn't consider Violet Evergarden a favorite, I think episodes seven, the one that's in Onimaru's background, and then episode yeah. 10, which everyone remembers as the uh, the the mom letter episode. Those are two uh, like of the best episodes of all time. Th so. Those are the episodes that broke me. Episode yeah. 10 was just <laughs> like, oh, my God. Uh, but I like one of the hardest things for me, and I know it's like a common criticism of it. So is that a lot of people had trouble like connecting with Violet. I did have that to a certain extent, mm -hmm. like her kind of being like emotionless and stuff like that. Uh, and I yeah. got it. I understood it. But it did make it difficult at times to be invested in her, at least for me. But yeah. by the end, I was actually cool with it because seeing that all of these stories that she experienced, all these people that she helped, like kind of shaped her or molded her and how they affected her by the end was really moving to me. So I actually really enjoyed uh, the ending for the series. So Yeah, I think it's definitely, um, I was talking to someone about it the other day and they were like, what kind, for the people who don't like Violet, what's your issue? And I'm like, well, I don't dislike Violet. I just don't like her as much as other character types of like, you know, I like saying it as like very distinct type of personality moving to another distinct type of personality. And I think yeah. her general development is a bit more of like the um like stoic not very emotional becoming a bit more emotional and that is definitely a very valid character type and very valid character development type but it's just one that i don't really connect with as much so i think they did like they executed it well it was just like never going to hit with me as much as something else i've experienced like another character type you know yeah i mean i wouldn't say like again she's my she's not my favorite character but by the end i like yeah what they were trying to do was it was pretty beautiful, especially with hard hitters yeah. like episode seven and episode 10. Um, yeah. And I think we're both speaking of it as like, we don't really even have like negative. We're not, not like negative thoughts on it. It's just a matter of like good versus very good. You know, it's, I still really want to see the movie though. So me too. I haven't seen the movie yet. I want to see yeah. that. And then um, I, I'm sure that's going to be gorgeous too. I don't know if my eyes are ready to see such perfection. So we'll have to, I'm going to have to train up. Also, Gianni in the chat says Hyoka still looks better than Violet Evergarden. I would agree, but I didn't want to go there. But yes, I Is would that a agree. Hot take? Is that a hot take? It, not if you've seen Hyoka. So <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't know. So like Violet Evergarden, I think is a bit more detailed. And like you can see it like the background, like every frame looks like a painting. But I think the actual use of color and visuals in Hyoka is a lot more creative and um, effective, you know. Okay. Gotcha. That's yeah. how I would phrase it. But both look fantastic in different ways. Yeah. Again, I think it's, again, more of the technical approach that uh, Violet Evergarden takes. Um, yeah. Silent voice. Silent what? voice. What are you going to say? But um, best to do it. <laughs> so, I like, mean, I it's a really good film. Uh, it's the know. best film. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, no, it's, it's really it's high the up there. 
I'm just sort of like... <laughs> we are not saying the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, like really good. I was like, best of all time. And you're like, yeah, like very good. And I'm like, this is not the same sentence. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of the same thing, you know? Kind of, in uh, a way. I just feel bad because I, I remember watching both your name and a silent voice that same year. Uh, and I, I just liked your name better. And I know everyone's going to leave now. It's not, <laughs> this is not the time. This is not the time to bring up your name. Because no, one of I'm my just, biggest, one of my kidding. things, no, I mean, no, you know, totally valid to like your name. But I think in the year of our Lord 2021, I, how many years? It's been, they both came out in 2016 because we live in the US. We couldn't watch them until like 2017. Thank you, distributions. Um, but now I think we are able, I would do this too. I would compare the two of them too. As soon as one person brought up one, I would bring up the other and vice versa. But I think now we have moved past the point where we need to bring them up in the same sentence when we when we bring them up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, and no, I would I just, do it. I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it too. But I've yeah. had to make a cons- like an effort to be like, your name is the conversation. Don't bring up silent voice. Don't bring up silent voice. And then vice versa. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I hate that I, I brought it up. That's why I was like, JK. If it wasn't, no, I would probably <laughs> walking do it back. Too. I mean, like the comparison I'd, is only made because they came out the same year, but they're completely, two exactly. completely different movies. And honestly, I think uh, a silent voice is probably, I think your name probably has more objectively more flaws than, uh, sorry. Wow. Your name has objectively more flaws than a silent voice. Um, um. But I think uh, a silent voice was, Really good. Unfortunately, I only watched it once. So I only watched that one time Uh, and it was Um, just very heavy. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I mean, I could definitely see the use for like, you know, your name is kind of that movie that like when it's on TV, you can put it on whenever. I've yet to see that happening because I would love to just have like a channel that plays anime films and I could just put it on. But like, I think your name is a bit more like approachable in terms of just like casually watching something. Whereas with the silent voice, like, you know, you're getting into it. You're like, okay, I'm going to feel bad and possibly cry. But um, I saw I hadn't really connected with an anime film as strongly as a silent voice since uh, Wolf Children. And I was kind of like watching a lot of films, kind of wondering, like, you know, will I get to the point that I got to with Wolf Children? And then Silent Voice came out and I was like, yeah, this really lived up to the hype. Um, I think it really connected with me on just like every level. And I rewatched it about four or five times. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it a lot. I own it. I couldn't even get it. Like, I don't know if other people remember because it is 2021. Yeah. Uh, it like didn't come out for a while. Um, so I got like this like bootleg Chinese version that has like English subtitles. But yeah. I got like, I mean, it's legal somewhere, but it was definitely not. <laughs> it's legal somewhere. So it's okay. It's valid in China. But this was like before 11 Arts came out and released it. And then they I mean, came I, out. With I theirs. think I had to find it online somewhere in order to watch yeah. it. That's how I watched it. So yeah, I was oh. just like, Give it to me. Give me the Blu-ray. And yeah. now it's on Netflix, so we're kind yeah. of vibing. But yeah, it was. Cr- I saw it in theaters. I saw it at home. Like I saw it everywhere I could, and I showed it to everyone. I showed it to everyone I could. I mean, I just feel like it. It handled the subject matter so so well. Like, and it was done really well. And the way they portrayed everything, I just think. And I'm just speaking from the initial viewing. I only watched that one time. I think from what I vaguely remember, I just felt like it just sort of ended and i was like i don't know i just felt a little a little bit like empty <laughs> well i love how it, i do love how it ended i think the two times i cry the most during the film the first one that gets me every time is after the big event i'm not spoiling it 
Um, really younger- quick, uh, under scope, oh, yeah. under the scope said he had to log in to chat to clear his name. He loves Yui, so someone was lying. Uh, someone he- was Gianni. He is now reinstated as a friend of the show. Friend Uh, of the show. Never doubted him for a second. Thank you, Jack, under the scope. And uh, sorry for cutting you off. Back to what you were saying. It's okay. Um, That was worth it. Having like war in our chat over Yui, which is worth it because she's perfect. Um, Yeah, so I cry when they're in the hospital scene. Uh, It's the younger sister apologizing to the mom. That's about as vague as I'm going to get. And then at the end, when Ishida like looks around and like all the X's drop and they're playing like the gorgeous music and he does the ear thing. And then I cry again. So um, fantastic scenes just across the board. I think it's a possibly the like perfect anime film. Practically perfect. Um, It's my favorite. It's the 10. It's a 10 out of 10. It's one of three anime films I've given, given a 10 out of 10. And I'm glad it exists so I can show it to everyone. I think I gave it a 10 out of 10. I, I think know. I did. I don't know. I mean, like, I definitely either gave it a 10 or a 9. I'm pretty sure I gave it a 10. Yeah. <laughs> I just, we'll find out. I just but think, that- like, I, I just prefer uh, your name, but I still think really highly of a silent voice. But, hey, if I rewatch it now, I might just be like, hey, your name is trash. Who knows? I don't um, know. You have your name is your second favorite in your favorites list, so I don't think that's happening. <laughs> I'm just going to shot in the dark that one. Um, uh, we'll see. People change. <laughs> Even though, even Gianni, I made those favorites like a month ago. Diani's guessing, trying to guess my favorite anime films, and it's Wolf Children, A Silent Voice, and Fireworks. And no, I've not seen Fireworks, and I don't think Wolf I've Children, seen Silent Voice. Okay, Fireworks is that one that like everyone was slandering for. Yeah, like, doesn't everyone hate that movie? I think they. I haven't seen it, but no, that's obvious. No, it's not that one. Ten okay. points to anyone who can get it. Who's not Tay? Tay knows, but um. So. Uh, you know, consensus on a silent voice being a great film. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Let us know what you think and watch your name too. And just, you know, kind of compare the um, two and then let us know in a <laughs> bombard our Twitter with your, with your, uh, detailed review. Um, um, speaking of which back to, uh, the Twitter comments we got Dwarfy said a silent voice for me really encouraged me to stop beating myself up for mistakes I had done in the past and start moving forward and being a better person now. Also, Partially being deaf as a kid and working with deaf people a lot. I love how well it portrays being deaf. So that's also really cool to see that it handles that subject matter well for people who um, are impacted by it. So Yeah, that's awesome. Like I love when you know, like you watch these films and a lot of times, uh, at least for most people, you probably don't have personal experience with what's going on, but you can yeah. kind of understand. You can empathize or sympathize, you know, from understanding the subject matter. But it's really cool when um, you have felt uh, like the, that the that the film actually deals with something you've personally felt in your life and then it sort of gives you a voice uh mm-hmm. makes you feel represented so not really very awesome. silent voice i was trying i was I, like i in my head i realized it but i i just i didn't want to do it and, yeah, and you I'm had so, to i'm sorry i ruined everything you're giving a voice to all the jokes that should let be stay silent to be <laughs> i'm trying to be serious about this topic and i'm like not on my voice. watch <laughs> all right but uh, um yeah so i think do you do you have anything to say about Dragon Maid? I know that's actually currently relevant. Uh, it is. Um. So I have not seen season two yet, so I'm not going to comment on it because one of the one of the I guess perks of being in visual novel hell is not being able to comment on airing shows. So I mean, that's what I love about binging stuff. When, when I'm binging stuff, I just don't care about anything currently airing. So yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm in my own little hole, just trying to catch up to something. 
don't let me out of my zone. Um, so yeah, I loved season one of Dragon Maid. Um, I think Dragon Maid is like another like really unique series that um, I, go, I will say it has some really sus elements that bring it down, but overlooking the sus elements that I just don't want to talk about because I don't, I don't want to focus on the negative. Yeah. Um, I don't want to focus on the negative parts of it. I wanted to focus on the, you know, really compelling um, emotional parts about growing up, being adult, finding family. Those are all things that people can relate to. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, I think it's in the middle of it because uh Toru and Kobayashi, they have a really great dynamic and great relationship. And it's kind of like Kobayashi has kind of come to terms with being an adult, but is a bit disillusioned with their life. Whereas Toru is kind of like trying to go out and be an adult on their own, so mm -hmm. to speak. I think that's I think that's the general gist of season one. Yeah. But they were kind of wondering, you know, how do you like when do you know you're grown up? And Kobayashi has a great quote saying, um, no one really wants to grow up. They just realize they can't be a child anymore. And I think that's one of the best quotes on adulthood I've heard. And it's very simple, very to the point, but it's very poignant. And I think it's very authentic. And I think that's just generally the um, Maid Dragon vibe is there's a lot of goofiness and quirkiness and funny aspects, but at its heart, it's a very, has a very compelling message. Um, yeah. Also worth noting, Kana is the cutest thing alive. I feel happiness whenever I see Kana. I will literally, I think I watched like the um, Kana saying Ame Ame in the rain. I yeah. think there's like a 10 hour video of that. I think I watched like half an hour straight. Like, Kana I didn't watch the full 10 hours. She's adorable. She's so cute. And she's, uh, you know, it's, it's she, she has no right to be that adorable, <laughs> you know, but. She's so cute. I just cannot. I'm so glad she exists. Someone will be like, she's not real. I'm like, I don't care. She, she's, I'm glad she's come into existence somehow. Um, and she said my name in that, that one of the was, most recent episodes. I saw so. that. I saw it when I was watching the episode. It was awesome. Uh, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I'm so happy. I, I, I wish my name was said by some anime character that I can kind of clip. But um, but no, See, that was I feel um, like they might say Oni, maybe Oni. No, there's actually a character named Onimaru. And I think one piece, but it hasn't oh. been animated yet. So. We'll get oh, there. Well, <laughs> I thanks. So. I mean, I got lucky because Sandro Gahara said Shaking and then Kana oh. said Shasha Shaking. So two best girls saying my name. We're we taking wins. But, but um uh, Yeah, what do you think about May Dragon? I mean, uh really quick, Tom says, Me and Shaw love that quote. Respect. That's actually a really good quote. I did not remember that one, and that's actually a really, really good one. It's a it has a lot of moments of like wisdom or insight, uh mm -hmm. Dragon Maid. And I think it's because of its its vibe, but it actually has a really when you think about it, it has a really unique concept because when mm -hmm. it first came out, it was like, what the hell is this? You know, yeah. not in a bad way, but just like the whole dragon maid and, and sort of just, you know, uh, other dragons kind of coming along and them kind of living together. And then it's sort of unexpectedly turning into this, you know, little tight knit family mm -hmm. um, and then just uh, kind of learning to live together and just kind of having fun and weird hijinks. But it was always like aside from the moments we talked about, it was always um sort of uh you know funny and enjoyable and uh very heartwarming and uh, yeah and kana is a big part of that but aside yeah. from that the moments between um kobayashi and toru and just sort of them kind of just being accepting of each other and kind of navigating kind of adulthood and stuff like that so yeah yeah i think it's also like just definitely worth watching it's a fun time um i just really appreciate it and i think any type of theme about like reforming family connections with people who might not necessarily be your like blood related family is really wholesome and good to see 
good to watch to help communicate to people that you can find a place you belong um no matter who it's with yeah yeah i mean like i don't have like a ton to say about the show i'm currently watching season two it's kind of continuing those themes so that's really nice um but again i i think yeah it was just kind of a solid uh really nice show uh and with a good vibe i think would you say kobayashi's more like no i guess it's more comedy too it's like like more of that Iyashike kind of vibe? Probably you not. Could, I'd say it's more comedy, but I think you could, uh, it has those elements. I think almost every Kyoto animation work has Iyashike elements, but I wouldn't yeah. consider it an Iyashike. Yeah, because that I think that, again, like they, they focus on those little moments kind of in life, even though they have like these otherworldly concepts sometimes, but it comes yeah. back down to the day-to-day and kind of giving it like a, a, a positive tone or just something, uh, you know, kind of makes you like realize the good things about life. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so I want to talk about sound euphonium. Cause I feel like that's, that's like beloved to a lot of people and special it's, to a lot of people. I guess my sixth favorite Kyoto animation work, which sounds bad. It sounds bad, but I love the series. Like I have a lot, I have a lot of love for KBK euphonium. And I think it's uh, pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, my it was funny because you were commenting on how we like scored it the same thing we scored it the same and said completely different things once well, again just like our silent voice thing we're, like, we're, like, we're not, we are saying, not saying, saying the same, the same thing, thing are we yeah. like, we're not um i don't yeah. know i feel like i just feel like it, it could possibly be this or maybe i just got to reevaluate re- my scoring system <laughs> but i just feel like a lot of people that loved sound euphonium like really loved it and really connected with it and it was like probably like a nine or a ten for them and i just didn't feel like that same level of intensity i thought it was a great show i think Mm -hmm. i gave it yeah an eight and you know but i just didn't feel like i connected it with it that much and kind Mm -hmm. of that feeling of fomo like i don't feel what they're feeling is or like what is it that i'm missing what is that piece made me feel like probably more down on it than than you are shaw you're like yeah. well i gave it an aid and i love it you know so yeah i think i just didn't have as many expectations for it um i think i watched it because tay told me to watch it we had one of our many anime contracts and this was like a big like kyoto animation one on my side and i had already seen people post a lot about it but i just didn't really have expectations for it so when yeah. i went into it and really had a good time with it i was like not surprised but i was like yeah this is legit this is worth the hype this is really good stuff um but I think when, when we talked about it a bit in DMs, I think we realized that uh, Kumiko is kind of the make or break connection piece for people. Yeah, and it seems like you didn't connect with her much, but I love her. And I think she's one of the best main characters ever. I don't feel that. I And, no. and it's not like I'm trying to put her down. I just like no, I yeah, didn't feel that watching just, it because yeah. I just felt like I couldn't wrap my head around her motivations or what. Like, I don't know, like, or what her issue was as a character, her central dilemma. And I guess that's what it was, that she lacked motivation, I guess. Yeah, so I think of it this way. Maybe this will help reframe it. But once I realized this, it kind of clicked for me. Um, You know how we have a lot of, like, everyman characters, just in fiction in general? She's the best I can think of for an every woman character in fiction. You know, she's not too extreme. She's not too, like pathetic she's not too depressed she's just kind of there and she's not really feeling motivated so she's kind of impacted by a lot of the experiences around her so you get to see someone who isn't really that motivated but is kind of like you know making their way through the beginning of high school and then they meet Raina and experience her passion for trumpet and band and kind of get inspired by that as well as her interactions with um Asuka in season two it really kind of brings everything together but I think she's just such an organic character of someone who 
realizes how important it is to um, have a goal and be passionate for things in life. So, mm. And then you, you know. love her because of that role that she plays of like how she plays off of everyone else being kind of just the average sort of person that, uh, you know, doesn't have the same aspirations as everyone else, but she's kind of along for the ride. But then she does get aspirations. I think the way she kind of forms her own aspirations, especially the one scene where it's like the I want to improve scene, which is one of the best made scenes ever. Um, you know, when she's running through the streets, realizing that she does want to be as good as everyone else. She does want to, you know, play with passion and band. She does want to have those like impactful performances. I think seeing all of that come to life is really inspiring, too. But it, she does really capture that adolescent kind of finding themselves but also not being too, um, she's not an emotionalist character. She has a lot of personality, even if she's not very distinct in other aspects. Like yeah. she does have that kind of sarcasm and wit to her. And she's not just kind of like a depressed, depressing blob moving through life. You know, she just feels like a very authentic person that I think a lot of people can relate to in general. Yeah. I mean, like at a certain point, she felt like a little too snarky, but I, I guess that's because I wasn't just, I wasn't. There's not, you can never have enough snark. That's true. That's true. It's like, you don't want to be here. So why are you here? But it's yeah. like, but she actually did care and she wanted yeah. to do something. She just had trouble finding it out. But, you know, that, that and I also was probably just really entranced by best girl Asuka. So Asuka you know, the queen. I, I felt like great. she needed more screen time, you know, so. Well, I'm glad she kind of didn't get as much screen time, but because like it works well to build up to her um, arc in season two. Oh, that was but, a great uh, episode. That whole, you know, once yeah. you kind of get her backstory. And all that. Yeah. So. Asuka is fantastic. I think it's kind of rare that you get a, a true neutral character in a slice of life series, but I really vibe with her just being like, look, I'm here for my goal. I cannot get caught up in your petty bullshit. Like, I do not care how you sort this out. You guys might be my friends, but I don't care this much. You guys got to sort your shit out. And I think we've all had those moments, even if we're not as upfront and ruthless yeah. about it, but yeah. I respect it. I respect her and I respect her character a lot. I think she's just fantastic. Yeah, no, she's super cool. I mean, I named my car after her, so, yeah. My car is yeah. named Asuka. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't think it's after that, Asuka. Uh, no, it is, because my oh. car is uh, black. It's it's a black car, and if it was red, I could justify the Asuka, Asuka. that I wanted, but I'm like, you know what? Other Asuka. <laughs> Black-haired yeah. Asuka. Yeah. Yeah, both great Asuka's names. Asuka named characters keep hitting, so. Yeah. I think she's great. And I think... um. Might have to be, I think uh, I like the way HBK Euphonium looks a bit more than I like how Violet Evergarden looks. Oh, really? Okay. I do. I think it's something, character designs, the way they're all presented. It's just like when I look at that, I'm like blown away. Not that I'm not blown away with Violet Evergarden. I just like the aesthetic of HBK Euphonium a bit more. Doesn't uh, HBK Euphonium have more of, because um, like Violet Evergarden has more of the wide shot to focus on the background and the scenery and HBK Euphonium, mm -hmm. since it's more about like the school and the characters and the feelings, it has more of the close-ups, the yeah. focuses on the instruments, the focus on yeah. like Taki Sensei kind of, you know, moving He's great hands. too. He's yeah. great too. No, he's you get great. the budget smile. Yeah. Have you heard of that scene with like no. the one Reina smile in season one that's just like the most breathtaking smile of all time? Mm. Oh, okay. You've definitely seen it. I, I, no, I've seen it. I just haven't. I don't it's think. called it's called budget smile where they're like they broke the budget to make her smile. <laughs> oh, okay. Like I get how it now. the meme comes from. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um but yeah, no, I thought Sound Euphonium was great. I actually I think contrary to other people, I did enjoy the third movie. Uh I the, didn't see it yet. I, I saw it at AX, so it was good. I mean, like I think the common criticism would it that it was like 
they were like condensing like a whole season's worth of stuff into one movie. So obviously that, you know, there's only so much you could cover and it felt like super fast, but I was like, this was good pacing to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I thought it was a good uh, ending, although I think it's going to be getting a season three. Yeah. So I think it's supposed to wrap up their second year. No, the season three is, I think. No, the movie. Yeah, that wraps up their second year. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't get to check. Did you see Liz and the Bluebird? So that's my next thing. You saw it. I just watched it today. Oh, wow. I okay. literally just finished it three hours ago. So I have no I didn't know this, guys. I have no idea what he's going to say. So this is a real time reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, I probably can't finish K on season two, but I, I, I think I have enough, you know, uh, to form some of an opinion on it. I got to I got to get to Liz and the Bluebird because I've heard so many things for years and I just never, never got to it. So, okay. So we're on thin ice because you're all our last hope. So we might get reported depending on what you say. <laughs> Listen, uh, because you, you don't like Liz and the Bluebird. No, much, that's right? no, don't say that. How could you, you say you it like Liz that? And the Bluebird, right? No, I don't. Yeah, what are in the you DMs, saying? you were like, it's like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's like, we're going to get deleted. No, I think it's a decent, I think it's a decent film, but I did not connect with it as much as other people, but I respect why everyone loves it. Here's here's my thing with Liz and the Bluebird. So, and this might this not this might not sound good, but hear me out. <laughs> hear me out. Like l- l- let me this finish. This won't sound good, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> let me finish. Um, but when I was like watching it, I mean, I had a, it had a really good uh, intro when it started yeah. off. That was yeah. the first five minutes, and how it, like it, like it makes you like follow all the movements, like with the camera and the, you know focusing on certain things. Like it was really good at the whole like body language, like no dialogue needed to kind of understand what it was getting at and what the focus is, like what is like the character animation and the character yes, direction. Like what is the viewer you're supposed to be looking at and getting a sense of the, the character's feelings. Um, but like sort of like and then the whole um, the whole the story part where it would go to the storybook and the animation would yeah, completely the change to look the more actual like a storybook. Liz and the Bluebird story. Yes. A fictional like, story within the story. Yeah. Yeah. I thought like on a character design and animation level it was like really brilliant, really nice, had a good like kind of rhythm to it. Um, music was good, but like, I guess sort of towards the middle, like the problem I kept having was I kept pausing it and I just wanted to go like straight through, but like I would just keep having like, other things on my mind. And it also could have been the mood, the day. Like, I just also felt like, well, I got to finish this movie. And the movie has this, this slow kind of pacing, like kind of like really slow pacing. Cause it's, you know, it's building up to something, you know, everything that's happening is important. I'm not going to say it wasn't, I get that it was building towards it, but it's very character focused and all that, that I have to keep like pausing. So I had a hard time getting back to it. And that's the only thing, but I do think that the eventual payoff finally, you know, was really, really worth it. And that's when I like really connected with it. So cool. That sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good. So you thought it, so did you think it was good or? Um, I think it was good. I think it was okay. really good. I feel like, like, I guess the, the one bad thought I had, like at, at some point during the film is this, but this is just me being curious. And I like, cause I'm just used to looking at my uh, YouTube videos. I'm like, I wonder what the retention rate on this would be. <laughs> You know, like, like the retention rate on the film. Yeah. Like, I wonder, like, like if people that aren't uh, like as like, like are more um, wanting action or wanting things yes. that to be constantly happening, like where would be the drop off point be for them? Like at what point were they? Yeah. So I was just kind of curious about that. When they took it out in the that. first place, you know? 
What was that? Or would they check it out in the first place? Yeah, because it was like a like a slow build. So that yeah. was just kind of interesting me. But um, yeah, no, more towards the end, I think like it really kind of hit me when they finally, the two characters finally got to speak to each other about their feelings. Mm -hmm. And even even then they were still a little restrained yeah, a little bit yeah. about what they got to say, but I think that's just their dynamic and mm -hmm. kind of how it presented all of that, how it executed. I can't say it was it was bad. I thought it was, it was that's really well done. And also yeah. the, um, the animation and kind of everything else kind of flowing together. Yeah, 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 definitely. I think a lot of people definitely like just like inherently click with it, which I think is cool because it's such a um, experimental film, definitely a very unique experience. So I think it's really cool that so many people love it. Um, I definitely kind of wish I felt the same way, but I think it kind of misses a lot of the character work that I appreciated from the original HBK series because I do love HBK for the character writing. And I don't think Liz and the Bluebird was as strong in that category, but I also think people don't necessarily like it for that. I think they like it for the direction yeah. and overall message, which is fair enough. I think that's a fair point, fair like that, way of looking at it in a different way. That's a tough part for me too, because like, again, it does an excellent job of illustrating uh, a lot of the emotions and stuff without saying too much, you know, just kind of, again, with the direction and, and, uh, and, and kind of focusing on, Mizore and, and the other girl, uh, Nozomi. But like, the other thing is like, it is hard to be invested in them. Cause even in sound euphonium, I wasn't really invested in them as a dynamic. And I kind of wasn't like too much invested in them as characters, but yeah. again, the way it was presented was really good. So. Yeah. Um, I just thought of it now. I realized if they did like a film like that, but for Kumiko and Reina, I'd probably love it. Yeah. Like if they change the characters who were involved, I probably love that even more. But I think just on its own and based on the season two content, I don't think I could connect with the characters enough to, you know, fully be invested in their character drama. I think the, the most resonant moment, I think like the whole interplay drawing parallels to the Liz and the Bluebird story was really, really good. And I feel like where it really hit was because, OK, I guess this is a spoiler. I don't know. I predicted at some point that I'm like, wait, what if you like it's setting it up that you feel like, OK, this girl's Liz and this girl's the Bluebird, yeah, yeah. but then it's like, oh, it's going to be the opposite. And I'm like, yeah. I think that's what it's going to like lead up to. And then like towards later, I'm like, OK, it was something along those lines. And then when it kind of flips it on its head and they have the whole like solo performance at the end and like yeah. you kind of see the bird visual of her like flying yeah. away. I'm like, that's when it really hit. I'm like, oh, this yeah. is really good. Yeah, that was, that's fantastic. That really, really well done. Um, yeah. So I really like that. And uh, yeah, for sure. To back me up here, Kaze Talks says, uh, I think Liz is a masterwork, which is also Yamada's brilliance. It's how she makes a scene that almost has nothing happening, have so much happening underneath. You can't help but feel everything. And I think that's that's what it excels at. Very true. Yeah. But, um, you know, if uh, you know, you're looking for something else, like more plot driven, I think I, it just probably wouldn't be for you. <laughs> Yeah, but it's cool. I think, well, I'm glad you checked it out and had could have some good commentary on it because it's like, I definitely agree with what you're saying. So yeah. I think it's cool to actually break it down and like what we think, uh, like what we think worked and what like really makes it special for people. Yeah. And you're just saying like, it's just was the character work wasn't as fleshed out for you to be able to enjoy it, right? Well, I did enjoy it. I feel like it just kind of, I think the people who love it, lo it's like their favorite thing of all time. And I'm like, okay, I think it's like pretty solid, but I'm not feeling as passionate about it. So I pale in comparison. So but it's I like how it's I felt about sound euphonium. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But you, no, but I feel like you were still a bit more positive on sound euphonium. Yeah. You're but just I, like, eh, Liz mid. That's what you're. <laughs> I did not. I've never said, well, I've, 
Yeah, I probably said that once. But no, I wouldn't say <laughs> no, I wouldn't say it's mid. I think it's a like decent story. I think it's decent overall, but it does have flashes of brilliance that I can really appreciate in a vacuum. But yeah, overall, it just doesn't have the elements of the main series that made me feel connected to Hebe K. But yeah, I get that. I, I mean, like the one thing I really did enjoy, or I don't know, it was cool. Like I noticed was like how like they changed the character designs up, like where you, yeah, know, they you look looked really at Kumiko, different. you looked at Reina and yeah. they looked like, they looked like more I don't, like, I don't know, less detailed. Like they still look more good. Sketchy. Yeah. Like it was just more like, you could tell like they're not the mains in this series, you know? And yeah. it was cool. Like flipping that perspective, like, okay, obviously Nozomi and Mizore are the focus. It's like self-contained. So these characters are just periphery characters and their design reflected how periphery they looked. So yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So it definitely made me look at it in a different way as, cause most of the time I'm like looking at a film or a series, not really for the directing and all that stuff, but more for kind of entertainment or the, the plot or kind of what's going on and all that stuff. But I yeah. think it was a good character, uh, work. Yeah. Um, and I think that's about it. Was there any other series we, that was like yeah, a big of one. Course. Yeah. We haven't talked about, we haven't talked about Clanad or Tamako, which are my big ones. Um, I mean, I don't have much to say. I didn't, I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch them. <laughs> um, let me see. Because Tamako, I can say, I can talk about Tamako without really spoiling it, but Tamako is really great for how it explores community because it explores uh, the shopping district in Kyoto in Japan. And um, that one's really cool. Tamako, I think Tamako Market is one of those cases where the main TV series is like pretty cool and decent, but pretty cool, but like, on its own, it's just like a fun time and it has some great episodes here and there, but it's not necessarily like, you know, it, I wouldn't call it K-On level of slice of life. Yeah. Um, but I do love, but the characters are all really charming and good. And uh, they do a great job of bringing the theme of community to life. And then Tamako Love Story tackles it as more of like an actual romance. And it's my favorite, like pure romance anime related thing in general. I think it's just such a fun time. I think it captures the emotion of like, grow like growing up like not like teenage romance but like you know kind of abandoning your you know youthfulness but still having feelings of love and it kind of feels like a cool i don't i i guess it is kind of like a teenage love story you but, pitching it as like uh one of the best romances of, of all time is like really really selling it to me <laughs> I, think, I, I have to experience it. it yeah i think it's worth i think it's definitely worth checking out i think it's a really fun time i think the movie is just so so much fun, but like still emotionally resonant. It's just so like lighthearted and fun. The way you're making it sound is like like how you're made uh, Haruhi sound. Like you gotta have to you have to watch Tamako Market to get the yeah. Tamako love story. But I don't think it, I think it is kind of like that. But they're both really enjoyable experiences. Yeah, you just kind of like we're saying that um, again. The slice of life with Tamako Market isn't as enjoyable as like Kaon. Yeah, but I also like love Kaon more than like most things. So yeah. I don't think don't take it too like that's not like an insult by any means. I just yeah. think like, you know, I think Kaon is special it, for you. Yeah, Kaon is more special. And then um but both are pretty great. I think Tamako's a great main character. She's really fun. It's like both are just really fun. And I think you know how we were talking about with the silent voice, how it can be a bit heavier, so you enjoyed your name because it's a bit more lighthearted. Yeah. I think that's kind of how I feel about like love story. It's like a bit more lighthearted than a lot of the romances that are generally considered great. And I appreciate it for that because it still feels really like authentic to romances, but it does have a bit more of a lighthearted view on it 
And I appreciate the existence of like a happy romance. Well, the the other reason I enjoyed your name, uh, which I didn't say, is because um, I am a sucker for romance stories. So because mm-hmm. your name had the romance aspect and a silent voice uh, didn't because it wasn't about that. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, that's probably why I preferred it over it. Yeah. Um, Olga in chat said, I saw Love Story before watching the series and I did not connect with the movie, which is exactly why you watch the TV series and then watch the movie is because that's the order it's, help, it's helpful to watch the can helpful to know the characters before seeing like the end game of that yeah so um and then your all-time favorite kyoto animation work is clanad right no it was a silent voice okay so it, you wait, say, that makes sense clanad is close second it's i don't know i'm t- torn because i'm i'm always torn on it because i think because your favorite like char- some of your favorite characters are from clanad oh yeah tomoya oh tomoya is like the main character from Clannad, yeah, he's like my second favorite main character. He's like mm-hmm. my fourth favorite overall. Okay. Yeah, so he's like one of the best main characters of all time. Um, and in my opinion, which I I value. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So I was gonna be like, I wasn't gonna say like objectively or something. Um, yeah. So when I was thinking about the way that Kyoto Animation works, really like connected with me. The one that always comes to mind first is Clannad, and that's probably just the most emotionally resonant series I've ever had. Uh, I think it really captures the tumultuous state of adolescence, like high school, really perfectly. But then almost more importantly, it captures that transition from um, your teenage years to being a young adult in such a perfect way that I haven't really seen portrayed in other series, like nearly to the same degree or effectiveness. I think it just does such a perfect job of illustrating the trials and tribulation of trying to become an adult. And then once you have become an adult, like what is the main point in which you feel like you're an adult? You know, uh, May Dragon says you don't become an adult. You just can't be a child anymore. But I think with Clanad, I think the point that they try to make is you become an adult once you're able to understand the perspectives of other adults. And I think that was just like a huge um, game changing life altering event for me was when I was able to understand the perspectives of other adults, specifically my parents, and when I could understand where they were coming from. And I yeah. think that is just such a fantastic life lesson that I've taken away from Clanad, along with many other life lessons that I can't mention because of spoilers. But um, yeah, I think Clanad is just like one of the most emotionally powerful series of all time. I think yeah. it's just, um, and I don't know. It, and Clanad is more uh like more the day-to-day slice of life than the other kiwani works right it's more about just sort of they like, be um they, living their lives kind of growing up or yeah kind of it's like a sli- it's kind of like a sli- it is kind of like slice of life drama romance gotcha. um so it started off as a visual novel and then you can really tell in the first season you kind of have the like arcs of each character and how they culminate in the end and then um, the beginning of after story still has a few arcs. And then the last arc is the after story arc. And that's mainly what people praise is the after story arc. And that's gotcha. um, has some of the all time best uh, moments in fiction. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Clanad was uh, developed by key. They're the one yeah. that did the visual novel. And I only know because I watched air. And then at the time, yeah. like people would talk about the other visual novels like Canon and then mm-hmm. Clanad, and they were all by key and i'm like and they're all supposed to be quote unquote tier bait um not that i'm trying to again yeah we went over this last week yeah. <laughs> call it's them tier like, bait but you know they like make you emotional like, 
we'll like complain about people calling things tier bait and then we'll call something tier bait and people are like, no, we don't like that. And we're like, wait, we don't like that either. But it's so easy. It's so easy to describe it as that. I like to feel so it's cool. Yeah. Um, And I and I do. So I definitely got to get on that one. Uh, Definitely some high praise. uh, Yeah, because I do appreciate stuff that kind of flips your perspective or makes you kind of realize something about life that you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, um, I'll eventually talk about just like why Clanet is so like powerful, but I, it would require like spoiling the whole thing. So today is not the day, but we'll have a Clanad pod. That would be fun. I have to rewatch it, but I really can't. I mean, you, you guys know, like you guys have been here, like you've seen the pancreas stream, hopefully, like, you know, that like, I'm, I think both of us are in that boat of like, we don't fall victim to many like melodramatic series that you know want you to cry we don't fall victim to too many but i'm really like that person with clanad where like i cannot watch the first scene of the first episode without starting to cry and like it's like pressing a button i'm just like you know like conditioned to start crying like i feel like you're about to start crying just like no (laughs) (laughs) no i was like no it's like holding my shit together but if you start playing uh, the dongo dongo song like no promises yeah all right. Well, I got to get to it. And you guys let us know if you do want to see a full episode devoted to just clan ad. Um, I, I would hope so. If you want to see us cry on stream, just like let let's, us know. Let's just do like a stream where we just play the clan ad visual novel. Done. I know. I'm trying to get away from visual novels. Uh, what's, I do want to touch on the only other one that I've seen that I think you haven't seen is Amagi Brilliant Park. Yeah. Save the best for last. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's uh, it's on that Fumofu level. I mean, yeah. maybe, I don't know. Like, Amagi Brilliant Park is just really funny. It's just very, very fun. You it know, names so. the characters after Kanye West, 50 Cent, and Quinn Latifah. So that's, that's a good starting that's point. That's how you know. I mean, yeah. like, I didn't realize that, strangely enough, as I was Did watching Did I tell it, you that? No, but I just kind of saw that. it okay. later on. Like, wait. Oh. <laughs> you know, and then I went back. I'm like, okay, I appreciate it even more. Yeah, uh, but I got to really finish funny. it. I started it, but didn't finish it. Um, and I have to finish it, but it, it was pretty funny. Um, so, yeah, my uh, Tokyo Podfathers are doing a group watch of it on the Discord. So maybe maybe I'll join in on that. Maybe yeah, you can. should. I mean, it's I really, really funny. It's a really good time. I think it would be really funny to uh, watch it uh, group watch. Yeah, um, I could definitely see that. Um, okay. Yeah. Speaking of funny, but I have not finished. Got to give a shout out to Nietzsche Joe. Um, another one of everyone's favorite comedies that is really funny, but I think a lot of people are in my camp where you've seen clips of it out of context, but you've not seen the full series. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen the clips out of context. I've heard that it has one of the best like levels of animation for comedy. So, and like these amazing reactions, I just been meaning to get around to it. Um, yeah. Um, I have to see it too. I have to finish it for my bestie Maz who loves Nietzsche Joe. Um, I've been meaning to get around to it for a while, but I have seen the clip with the deer president, the president, no, the principal and the deer is a classic. And then the uh, dropping the uh, octopus. Like, Uh, have you seen that where they're eating and they drop the octopus? It's so funny and like ridiculous animation that just like makes it more exciting. Really quick uh, to Melissa Chavez on the chat. We actually already touched on Hyoka uh, a little earlier, so you can catch that later after the stream. But um, Hyoka Goat. I, I just to recap, I haven't watched it still on my plan to watch list for like forever. Shaw did loved it. Uh, there was talk of uh, Hyoka having better um, animation than Violet Evergarden, but I'll leave I think that they just said better visuals, better Not visuals. Necessary. Leave that up yeah. to your discretion. Yeah. Uh, for 
no mention of Chunibio. Um, it's a good question. Good I question. never watched Chunibio. I heard about it way later, like years later. So I never got yep. around to it. So it's on my list as like a you know I'm a huge science gate fan and there there's a lot of chuny aspects yeah but um that's what I, that's what made me want to like feel like i needed to watch it from a cultural perspective yeah, to yeah. just understand that more because it is mentioned in some other anime the whole chunibyo syndrome but yeah. i think i got the gist and also in terms of other kyoani shows that everyone always recommends they don't seem to recommend that one as much as some of the others at least in yeah. my experience i think it's still pretty well loved though there's just others to recommend but um uh, I do have to say something that hit me the other day that was not even related to like us recording this was um, love, love Chunibio and other delusions is like one of my all time favorite titles. Yeah, like I love that as a title, just being like blah blah and other delusions. That's such a great way to have a title. So um, yeah, it's really quirky. I like yeah, it. I love that. Uh, so that's that's incentive enough to to get us to watch it. Um, yeah, it's I, on and, my and, list for and sure. And a good friend of mine watched it years ago. I think he watched it while it was airing. But then I also heard, like, I mean, you're seeing in the chat that season two wasn't as good. So that was kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, I shouldn't check it out. So Yeah, that's funny, though. Girl has an eye patch and Amethyst watched another instead of Junibio because she was trying to watch Junibio. But, like, they both have eye patches. But one is, like, you know, the heartfelt yeah, yeah. romancing. And the other one is, like, they, a They confused series. one show for the other. Yeah, that's so funny. Uh, to... Babble in the chat. We did already talk about uh, Fumofu really early on. We talked about Fumofu, Full Metal Panic, and even the second raid. So yeah, uh, super funny. If you haven't watched Fumofu, which Shaw hasn't, I've not. Watch it. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah, yeah, we touched on a lot of these. Uh, we haven't. I don't. I haven't seen Lucky Star. You haven't seen Lucky Star. That's a Kyoani show, isn't it? It is. So Lucky Star was one of those that I, you know, it was. Like uh, I was around like when the season was airing mm-hmm. and I kind of knew it was there, but I just didn't pick up on it. And I, I saw that it was popular. Like, I think mm-hmm. my fiance was watching it at the time while I was airing and some other people. But I just it didn't seem like my thing. So I never got into it. I got to see it. I feel like that's another, uh, you know, got to do it for the culture, cultural milestone. You know, I feel like I don't know. Is it still relevant in the culture now? Like, I feel like it was more back then and now. So like now more so it's not as mentioned or doesn't apply as much it might not be as mentioned as much but i still see people like commenting on it i feel like it might be a bit might be a bit iconic i don't know yeah it was kind of up there with with haruhi and the the cultural revolution back then so i remember that yeah i think we mentioned a lot but um if you guys do have any others that you want us to watch that you haven't already mentioned let us know because um we're we're big fans we have yeah. yeah, we're big fans. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're. Big. I thought you were just gonna be like, "Oh, she's dropping the just weebs already." <laughs> oh, I should have. I realized the second. We're big late. fans. We're just weebs. Yeah. Um, but uh, we are just weebs. But uh, yeah, no, uh, that's kind of like it for most of the, this. This pretty much covered all the ones we've watched. I know there's plenty that we, at least I haven't gotten to, and some that Shaw hasn't gotten to that we'll watch eventually. But it, the point is that uh, you know, Kyoani has done really, really great works, um, both visually. And, uh, you know, experimentally and also some that have just amazing stories that have impacted a lot of people. So um, we just wanted to kind of talk about them, kind of also get your recommendations for some that we should probably get on very soon and check out. Mm -hmm. The great thing about Kyoto Animation is that, you know, after the unfortunate tragedy two years ago, at least they've been able to kind of come back because a lot of people at the time thought, you know, that was going to like pretty much destroy the studio. But they've been able to kind of come back stronger than ever. So. Yeah. So if you want to see, like, if you want to support them, go check out 
more of their series. I know May Dragon season two is currently airing. We both have to catch up on it, but you know, yeah. just kind of, you know, especially also worth mentioning too. I know a lot of people have also been talking about just like how terrible the industry conditions are. And I love that Jojo animation exists to prove that you do not need to overwork your staff to death, to death to make such a amazing product. You know, Kyoto Animation is out there giving their staff reasonable hours, reasonable wages, and they're making some of the best looking, best executed, best series in the game. And if we want that to be the model in general, I think it's helpful to support them and show that there's a market for that. Yeah. And it actually really it jives really well when you think about it with the works they produce, like such as like Kaon and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's sort of just, you know, appreciating the little things and and stuff like that, as opposed to just kind of overworking and stuff. You got to enjoy the things in life. So, yeah, 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 uh, definitely. I think that's part of why they can create such emotionally resonant works. And a lot of the, the stuff that uh, resonates with them is in their visuals. They kind of just know how to capture it in animation. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So besides that, you can also catch us on our audio, the audio version of the podcast. If you're not able to make it to the live stream, I mean, it's great if you can come on the live stream and hang with us. But if you can't, you can uh, catch us on all um, audio streaming platforms. And that's it. Uh, I've been Onimaru. She's been shocking. And together we're Just Weebs. You've been listening to the Just Weebs podcast, a weekly live stream hosted on YouTube on the Just Weebs channel. Due to the live stream format, this has been edited down to keep it relevant for an audio only experience. If you'd like to catch one of our shows live, our regular stream time is Sundays at 5 p.m. EDT, or you can just follow us on Twitter at Just Weebs pod for any updates. Thank you for tuning in.